welcome to the Ghosties Podcast. I'm Christina, a psychic medium. And I'm Missy, a medium-ish. We are besties who look for ghosties. Join us as we talk all things paranormal, go on the occasional investigation, and receive messages from spirit and our spirit guides along the way. This is Ghosties. <laughs> but then uh, I had, um, remember the little blackberries that could like flip open to the yes. side? I had one of those and we would have to get our email for work to that phone during the day and all of our tech calls would go there. So I'd have to check it all throughout the day during clinic. And one day I opened it to check it and it just fell apart. Oh, <laughs> so Kyle was gave like, up. <laughs> yeah. He was like, you need an iPhone, seriously. And I bucked him for a while and then finally I gave in. Oof. Never looked back. Well, I had an iPhone years ago when I had in there and like it all connected and everything but apple is just i have a macbook at work let me tell you i'm like the granny at work i'm like i don't know i'm probably have 85 different like programs running and i have no idea how to get out of them <laughs> i'm serious it's it's not for me like i can't i can't do it i just something in my brain is i'm literally like 85 years old <laughs> it's like that that sound on tiktok just never been my thing, just not into it, so not approved by me. <laughs> I've not heard that one. What? No, I'm not on I'm not on the talk a whole lot anymore. I get like a small window of time in the morning and that's about it. Very small window. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I don't even see any of the cool stuff. Once in a while, like one of yours comes on my page and I'm like, oh, look, I know her. <laughs> I don't scroll enough anymore. Like, I don't know true i know so the video that you sent earlier the one about um like the beings underneath that uh, that was on my walk tonight i did get to scroll on my walk <laughs> yeah yeah that was weird that was crazy guys it was like this video of um they were talking about what river was it the euphrates yeah they were saying that there's this legend that there's monsters or some sort of like otherworldly beings that live under the Euphrates River. Um, well, and- they look it back to biblical stuff too, saying some somewhere in the Bible it says like when the Euphrates River dries out or something, that's when the demons, I don't know, something about Zach Baggins, I'm sure, are coming out to like take over the world. I don't know. And the world is ending. <laughs> I know, right? I always thought that that was like a parable or an analogy for like, global warming honestly <laughs> oh who knows but the the sound was weird yeah i know it was very like screechy moany there was a lot and then there was like at closer to the end like a lower one and i'm like is this for real or are people joking also totally off topic have you seen the new like um camera footage going around about some strange creature outside of like a ranch or something somewhere it's i literally saw it like three places today no nope okay then i'm gonna send it to you erica uh, my ia she showed it to me earlier um and i was like "Mm, that looks a little it was weird but i'm now seeing it uh tonight on my walk (laughs) i did see it on the talk so oh my goodness people want to know what it is and it's like a looks like a creature standing up with it looks like one of the cats from the musical pretty much 
Oh, not the Yeah, it's like tall like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's weird. So I don't know. I, I don't know. Jim Tan, I don't know if I'm buying it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. When you said it looks like one of the cats from Cats the Musical. <laughs> and I've never even seen that, but I know what they look like because the commercial that will come on sometimes and it creeps me out. Well, that gave me quite the visual. <laughs> well, I'm, I hope so. <laughs> because the actual picture is in black and white and I can only assume that it's one of the the cast of the Broadway hit Cats, you know. <laughs> Wandering off the stage somewhere. <laughs> Thank you. I'm here all night. I'm going to just keep sipping this delicious wine that I just finally got in the mail. Hmm. What wine did you get? Oh, it's some of my Scout and Cellar. I just haven't um, placed an order in a while, but they had this huge sale in, what was it? What month is it? It's June. They had a big sale in May and they're having another one in June. So everything almost is like 40% off. So, you know, your girl had to get like six bottles. <laughs> nice. I'm drinking some red some bookbinder red it's delicious oh you love your bookbinder well you know what it is it's in my budget okay <laughs> especially it's in my budget before it's on sale and when it's on sale even more so is it still on sale now uh yeah the whole month of june they actually redid the sale so there's like the 30 some dollar bottles are 40 percent off too so i did get myself a uh a decent bottle of wine also but they're all good so Nice. Well, y'all, yeah. y'all, that now Missy's uh, link to her scout and seller sellers link is down in the uh, info notes for the show today. Yeah. And if you don't listen to the commercial, that's fine. I'm sorry. But if you um, like to partake in some beverages and you don't like feeling um, not well the next day, I can't say that you won't feel like not well, but I'm saying you won't feel not well. <laughs> If that makes sense. I'm not allowed to say it because it's a medical claim. So true. Just, just say, are you drinking tonight or does the cheese stand alone? <laughs> the cheese stands alone tonight. Okay. Well, it happens, I guess. <clears throat> Wouldn't be the first time for me. I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling it tonight for the drinks that is. Yeah. You, you had a seltzer last night, was it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. See, I haven't had a anything since like last weekend. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to have a little wine tonight because we have a teacher work day tomorrow and I ain't got no kids. Nice. Yeah. I only have three days left with no four, two full days and two half days. And I am a whole entire mess about it. Really? I can't even talk about it. They were like, we had our camp out yesterday and there was this cute like moment where Erica and I looked around and they were all like in this big circle, like just getting along. And I was like, <gasps> ah, like just crying. And then they're like, why are you crying? I was like, just look away. <laughs> <laughs> look away. <laughs> I have something in my eye. Get away from me. <laughs> it's just the Rona. Get away. No, I'm just kidding. I just can't believe how fast the time has gone by. Girl. I mean, it was just yesterday that I was crying because I wasn't getting to kindergarten class. Thank you, Jesus. And, uh, <laughs> I know. And you were like, you're going to get a class. And then here it is. I got a class and it's, I've survived the entire, almost two full nine week sessions with them. Yep. Almost three. Yeah. Almost three. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. Feels like just yesterday. Oh my gosh. 
My babies. They are my babies. I get to tutor some of them this summer, so I'm excited about that. But there's a few of them that I'm going to be sad when I have to do my graduation speech next week and I'm a blubbering mess. I need somebody to videotape this. I'll get Erica too. Jesus, take the wheel. It's just going to be a whole vibe. I mean, I'm just thankful that the whole entire like third grade team isn't in there because there's like seven of us and they don't need to see me like this. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. I can't wait to hear it. It's yeah. I cried writing it. So we already know how it's going to (laughs) go. Yeah. Hey y'all. It's Christina from the ghosties podcast. And I get this question all the time. How can I book a session with you? Head on over to christinathemedium.com. I offer meet your spirit guide sessions, spirit chat phone calls with yours truly, distance Reiki by proxy sessions, as well as Reiki certification classes. If you've been thinking for a while now about jumpstarting your spiritual awakening and healing journey, definitely check out christinathemedium.com or find me on my TikTok channel at Christina the Medium and click on my link tree to book a session. Looking forward to working with each of you. Love y'all. Hey guys, it's Missy. I am going to talk to you real quick about something that I'm absolutely in love with and that is wine. <laughs> Shocker. Um, I love my wine. Sometimes a little too much. My only complaints are all the sugar that they pump into this wine to make it so sweet or so tasty. And not only that, you feel less than zesty the next day if you have a couple too many glasses. However, I found the answer to all that. It is my favorite, favorite, favorite wine. It is has no added sugars and it doesn't leave you feeling like trash the next day and before you try to stop me and say oh I'm not interested in a pyramid scheme it's not about that it is about delicious wine that you can order anytime on your own all you have to do is go to scoutandseller.com slash missy stuprich that's m-i-s-s-y-s-t-u-p-r-i-c-h we have Cute little cans that are perfect for poolside fun this summer. We have some really bold reds. We have some delicious dry whites. We've got bubbles. We've got everything that you could want without the next day regret. So don't forget, go to scoutandseller.com slash missystuprich and check out your next big wine obsession. Oh, hello. Hello. All right, y'all. So we are talking about parallel dimensions or dimensional weirdness in today's episode. Yes. I'm really excited about this one. It's going to be interesting to see all the weird things that happen during and after. Not going to lie. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting, y'all, because um, like in the weeks leading up to this, I had told Missy about this and I can't remember if we talked about it on the podcast, but um, going along the lines of dimensional weirdness, like one of the first things that we encountered in ghosties on our very first investigation was yeah. dimensional weirdness. And Matthews, oh, you still have the video to that. <laughs> no. My face. <laughs> 
I know. I know. Y'all, we had gone down this random road down there trying to find, uh, what was it, Crawford Road? Old House Woods Road. Old House Woods. That's right. So we were driving all around down through there in Matthews trying to find this road. And we happened upon this little, like, small, like, way out of the way road um, that was back in this little development. And it led to all of these big vacation houses and a boat ramp. Missy and I got out at the boat ramp. We walked around. We looked at the houses as we were going in and out of the development. Y'all, when we tried to backtrack... We could not find it. Nope. Absolutely could not find it. Like we came to like this dead end with like a fence and it was like, there was a sign or something that's, I don't know if it said no trespassing or dead end. And we were like, that sign was not there. And I was freaked out because I was like, no, no, no. (laughs) Because you know me, the skeptical one that wants the logical explanation, even though I love all the spooky stuff. I'm like, no, no, no. There's no way. <laughs> like we literally came down here, drove around the curb. I got out, wanted to put my feet in the water, got attacked by flies. Like this happened. <laughs> I know. I know. That so was, weird. That was the other thing. Like, I mean, there was just so much weirdness around that. It was not very environmentally conducive either, like with all the bugs and it was just odd. Yeah. And it's like everything had been burned out there. Remember everything looked like it had been on fire all the trees and like I don't know yeah I forgot about we that. even we stopped on the way after we went to that boat ramp because we got a little weirded out and you opened up a gate yes mm-hmm. and so when we went back we're like wait this is where you open the gate up like everything else made sense except when we got to the end we could not go we couldn't turn yeah there was no turn we were- we were so confused. Like we went back and forth and then we saw that giant thing fall out of the sky. Oh my gosh. Y'all, it looked like a bird fell straight down and in front of my car's grill. I Wasn't thought- I on video chat with Shannon when it happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were. Oh my gosh. We screamed. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Well, so then here recently, y'all, so we take our two dogs on walks like several times a day. And at the very end of our neighborhood, um, there's a house that for the first, I mean, we've only been here for two and a half years now in this house, but for the last two plus years, uh, every time we've rounded that corner and we've passed that house when we've taken the girls out, They've always had this really beautiful peach tree out in the front of their yard. And I've always thought that it was odd that they have a peach tree because who grows peaches around here? Right. And it was the only tree in their front yard. And during the summertime, each time Kyle and I would pass it, we would say something about it because it was growing such big peaches for it to be such a small tree. So the other day we rounded the corner and... I happened to look over there thinking, and I remember thinking like right before I looked over, I haven't seen the peach tree in a while. I looked over and it's gone, completely gone. But Uh, now, like there's no disturbed earth. Like I looked all over to see like maybe they dug it up and, you know, had to, you know, place it somewhere else or something. Where it's sat, like there's no disturbed earth. The grass is the same there. You know, there's no hole in the grass. And then on either side of where it is are two huge oak trees that are like adult oak trees. 
That is crazy. Like, it was to the point where I was so confused when Kyle and I finally were walking together. I was like, don't you remember that there was a peach tree here? And he was like, well, I remember it being there, but I definitely don't remember these big trees being here. So, I mean, we were confused for days. Um, But then, uh, so Kyle and I, when we went to that party next door, I asked uh, my neighbor if they remembered the peach tree. They had no idea what we were talking about. They've lived here for like 30 plus years. Interesting. Uh Uh-huh. That's creepy. Yeah. All right, y'all. So, so we are talking, just like we said, about parallel dimensions, alternate dimensions. So what are we talking about when we say that? So according to the Wikipedia... A parallel dimension or universe is a place that coexists with our own universe or dimension, but may operate under fundamentally different laws of physics. So when I asked the guys about that, they said, for example, most different dimensions vibrate at a fundamentally different speed or frequency that usually is outside of our visible spectrum of light. So they said, uh, at certain points during the year when the veil is the thinnest and those dimensions and their appearances, um, you know, geographically within those, when they coincide the most uh, at these particular points of the year, then it's almost like these things kind of bleed into our dimension and vice versa, they said. So they said an example of this is um, like the show Stranger Things with the upside down. Okay. So the upside down, for those of you who may have, you know, maybe just seen it in passing in terms of that show, it is like the mirror version of their current world, but it's like the dark, scary, full of monsters version. Have you ever seen the show Outlander? Yes. I watched like one or two episodes. I couldn't really get into it, but I think that's kind of along the same lines, right? Yeah. It's like a... Like a wormhole or like a big portal opens up around, Mm -hmm. what was it, like Stonehenge or something? Kind of. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So um, I looked into uh, different like dimensional weirdness stories, um, but I also wanted to see if I could do some research to see whether or not we like within our country were doing any sort of like scientific research regarding parallel universes or alternate dimensions, things like that. So before I did my deep dive into Google, I asked the guys about it and they said that CERN, um, the large Hadron Collider in Geneva right now is this big like particle collider basically that has the capability to, rip a hole in time and space they said basically oh that's not alarming at all (laughs) i know so i asked them like have we been doing any sort of research or experiments to try and actually physically open like a big gate um with one of those particle colliders basically and they said yes they said they've been working on that since the 60s so that was a little For those of you who have listened to our uh, Lost City of Atlantis episode, 
one of the big things that they talked about um, and that my guides talked about in that episode as to why Atlantis fell was because they were starting to mess around and dabble with dark matter because they were trying to create their own universes. And they said basically that the powers that be on the other side said that that couldn't happen because we could literally destroy the entire planet. It would like collapse in on itself if that happened. Right. So that's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. So here's some cool stories um, that basically talked about uh, some real life accounts of people that came from different dimensions, allegedly. Some stories of people that feel like they encountered walking into these different dimensions. So here we go. So the first one is the man from Torrid. Um, It says, this is often considered the most well-documented instance of an interdimensional traveler. The man from Torrid was one of the most recent appearances on this list. In the year 1954, Japan's Haneda Airport was checking passports of passengers, just as they usually would. The passport of one particular gentleman was different because it said that it belonged to a man from Torrid. The man was a well-dressed businessman who spoke fluent French and Japanese. The alarming differences that made security officials pull the man aside was the fact that he somehow seemed out of place and stuck out amongst the crowd. As they began to question him, assuming that he was a trafficker, the man began to be confused by this. He said that he was from the country Torrid and that it was a country situated between France and Spain. Customs did not believe him, however, and he did not believe customs when they said that there was no Torrid on the map. Annoyed, he showed them his passport, which did state that he was from the country Torrid. The man who was increasingly distraught was desperately trying to prove that he was correct and from the police, he claimed. The passport had a number of official stamps from other countries, all of which appeared to be legitimate. The passport itself did not seem fraudulent either. However, it was from a country that never existed on our map or in our history books. Custom officials took him into a local hotel to spend the night while they investigated the matter further. The hotel room was guarded so that he wouldn't escape if he was a trafficker. He agreed and checked into his room without issue. That was the last that anyone saw of the man from Torrid or of his passports. Both he and all of his personal effects disappeared in that night, despite all of them being miles apart and separated. Ew. Mm-hmm. Ew, that is creepy. Uh-huh. It's like he stumbled into our dimension and then stumbled back out and took all his stuff with him. <laughs> Excuse me, pardon me. I'll be leaving now. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Mm. I know, right? All right, so this one is, uh, so this story says, um, in the year 1851 in Frankfurt, a very confused man was wandering about town. He seemed to not know where he was, and when German officials decided to ask him where he was from, he said in very broken German that he was from Luxaria, Hmm. the country. So they asked about what continent he was on. He replied, Sacria, which baffled authorities even more. Officials continued to ask about the strange land. The man who's, who was identified as Jofar Vorin did not understand any European languages officials spoke to him, with a small exception for extremely broken English. 
Neither Luxaria or Sacria are known to exist, but he continued to say as he spoke, Luxaria and... Uh, sorry, I lost my place. He said that he could speak fluent Luxarian and Abramian languages, with Luxarian being a language spoken only by clerics and Abramian being the more common language. He also insisted that he was Christian, more specifically, Epontian. No one had ever this form of Christianity. He claimed that he was in Germany to find a long-lost relative and that he had been shipwrecked. He couldn't trace his itinerary on the map that was given to him, but insisted that the Luxarians knew about all five, quote-unquote, compartments of the earth. He called the compartments, which may be continents, Sacria, Aslar, Uslar, Athlar, and Uplar. Mm-hmm. Soon after he was interrogated, the confused and scared man disappeared, never to be heard from again. Oh. Poof. <laughs> um, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard this one. Um, this is the Green Children of Woolpit. Can't say that I have. Oh. <laughs> so, here we go. Okay. <laughs> So, the Green Children of Woolpit are two of history's most en- enigmatic visitors, as well as the oldest tale of interdimensional travelers known. Dating back to the 12th century, the story says that the two children were discovered on the outskirts of Woolpit in Great Britain. Unlike most children, these kids had one feature that really stood out. They had green skin. As soon as farmers found them, they began to cry in panic. The children were taken back into Woolpit and given food and drink. At first, they refused to eat. One child, a boy, refused to eat and eventually starved to death. The other, a girl, began to eat uncooked beans. Mm. Girl, you know her intestines were tore up, honey. (laughs) (laughs) She had a little gas. Mm. She said, slowly but surely, her skin began to return to a normal color. Oh. Able to speak the language, so it took a while to learn. Once she learned to speak English, she told an amazing story. The green girl claimed that she and her brother came from a place called St. Martin's Land, which was always in a state of darkness. Everyone there lived underground and had green skin. She also said that they, that across the river was another luminous civilization. She said that they had come upon a cave and decided to explore and then ended up stumbling out and finding Woolpit. Well, when- not the reptilians. Mm. <laughs> and uh, when they looked back, the cave had completely disappeared. Mm. That reminded me of Hellier and... Mm-hmm. About all the little lime green creatures that lived in caves. The little green men. Mm. I know. This one was from Skinwalker Ranch. Have mercy. Now, it says perhaps the best described sightings of interdimensional beings and travel comes from the hunt for Skinwalker Ranch. In the book, Hunter describes seeing an interdimensional tunnel open up while using his binoculars. 
At first, it just looked like a bright yellow circle, but soon it began to have more depth. After it opened, the witness began to talk about a large, faceless creature visibly crawling through this hole. Hmm. And then leaving the brightly shining portal before clamoring into the woods near the ranch. Not clamoring. Mm. The hunters quickly left the scene knowing full well that they didn't want to be anywhere near that strange creature. Nope. It totally gave me Stranger Things vibes. The monster has no faith. This one is, so uh, this is the story of Lorena Garcia. It says, Lorena Garcia got up out of bed one day in the summer of 2008 in her apartment in Madrid. But little did she know that life was about to change in a very bizarre way. And it began the moment that she woke up. <clears throat> she claims that when she awoke, her bed sheets were not the same as the ones that she remembered going to sleep in the night before. Initially, she ignored this small change, but it was only the beginning. More dramatic changes were to come. The drive to work was uneventful. But when she arrived, she found that she was now working in a completely different department in a completely different location, but in the same building. Her manager, whom she did not know and had never met before, somehow knew her. When she realized that she was no longer in the department that she had worked at for the past 20 years, she had to look at the company directory to find out where she was supposed to be. This event was so unsettling that she eventually went back home claiming illness. If that wasn't weird enough, she then said that she was hit with another change that was much more personal. She had recently broken off a relationship about half a year earlier, but now her boyfriend had no idea that this had happened, and it doesn't end there. For the past few months, she had begun dating again this same man, claiming that he had moved back in and had never experienced a breakup with her. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. So this guy basically had moved back into her house and they had never broken up like she remembered. It was a nightmare, like literally getting up, driving to work and them being like, mm, you don't really work here so much as over there. I Nope. Couldn't do it. Yeah. No, I would you. be so freaked out. Yeah. So let me get this book here. Got a few more stories. So this one comes from the book uh, Slips in Time and Space by Rosemary Ellen Geely. This is the book that quite literally disappeared into its own little portal in Missy's house for a little bit. <laughs> Listen, seriously, what did that one? I know the uh, Jen did. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe, I can't remember. But it was one. It was that same group of books that I wanted to borrow, and then I was like, I didn't even realize I borrowed this one, and I can't find this one. yep the whole thing so this one um is from slips in time and space and lost in the museum it says in february of 2004 her husband bob stopped to visit a tourist attraction in midwest midwestern city they arrived at a small museum at 3 p.m and they each went in different directions so that they might be able to enjoy the displays at their own pace Jean said that she had timed it mentally so that she'd be finished reading the play cards and examining the exhibits by 5 p.m. on the dot just as the museum was closing. As she neared the last of the exhibits, she was approached by a man dressed in a large trench coat that was pulling a silver briefcase on a luggage cart. 
Jean wondered briefly why he would be toting a briefcase through a museum, but she directed her attention back towards the display in front of her. The man in the trench coat watched the video that she was watching, paused, and sat in silence for a moment, then finally said, hmm, sounds a lot like today, doesn't it? It was a video playing scenes from the 1960s. Without indicating whether or not he'd hoped to elicit a response from Jean, the man simply walked away, pulling the briefcase behind him. A few minutes later, Jean walked out of the display area almost exactly two hours after she'd entered it. And her husband, Bob, suddenly came running up to her, obviously quite upset. Where have you been? He said. I was just about to call the sheriff and report you missing. Jean was really rattled and shocked by her husband's anger. She told him that she'd been in the museum the whole time, just like they'd agreed. But Bob shook his head in firm contradiction. He said he had been all through the entire museum several times looking for her, and he had not caught one glimpse of her. Puzzled. Bob had enlisted the help of staff members of the museum also to help search for her, but no one could find her. Jean still protested that she had seen, if she had seen Bob rushing through the displays, she would come out and have alerted him. She said that she had also noticed several staff members walking around the exhibits, but had not paid, they had not paid any attention to her. How could Bob and the museum staff claim that they had not seen her, but she had clearly seen them? That's strange. Mm. Where had she been for two hours? No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Somebody had seen her. The man had seen her. Uh, yeah. So uh, this is Susan's strange story. It says, in the summer of 1960, I took a ride with a friend, Sal Sasani, along my favorite route, Route 152, starting in Philadelphia uh, to Limekiln Pike a beautiful winding country road, which goes all the way up into the mountains. I've traveled it for years and I know every curve with every inch. About an hour after darkness fell, I sat stiff with a, (laughs) I sat stiff with a start. I knew we had not made an improper turn yet. The road was unfamiliar to me all of a sudden. The trees were not the same. And I started feeling frightened. I could not hear you at all. And I'm hoping it was my phone and not yours. (laughs) Oh, no. Mm, So she said, she said all of a sudden she sat up um, because the tree line looked unfamiliar and the road basically wasn't familiar at all to her. She said that she started becoming really frightened and asked Sal to make a U-turn. She said an overwhelming sense of dread washed over them. As we did so, we both smelled what felt like a combination of either alcohol or ether in the air. At the same time, the car radio fell completely silent. Suddenly, we saw what looked like a shepherd puppy running alongside the side of the car. His mouth was moving, but no sound was heard like he was barking. Then from our right, there was really no real road, came a ghastly shadow of a long hearse-like car, It crossed directly in front of us and then disappeared. When it disappeared, the odor vanished and the radio came back on. Hmm. Uh It's interesting because during some of my readings, I will smell that alcohol smell or like that ether smell that they're talking about. Mm -hmm. So I know what they're talking about in that. It's almost like if a portal opens and the energy changes very suddenly. Mm. I don't want to experience that. I'm good. 
(laughs) This one says, um, in the summer of 1958, I was driving my friend Jerry on the same route, Route 152. This was the same route from the previous story. We turned off onto uh, New Galena Road, halfway towards Route 611, which is parallel to 152. We came upon a wooden building I had never seen before. We stopped and entered and sat at a table. And my friend Jerry noticed a man who resembled his late father, who had been passed for many years. We each had a Coke. This man addressed us both by our names, calling Jerry's son and told him things that only Jerry's father would have known. Ooh, gives me the chills. Mm -hmm. Jerry became convinced it was his father he was talking to. We left and drove on a road that I had never seen before, yet I knew exactly what lay around every bend and every curve. The incident took place about an hour from the city, and I know exactly where this spot was, but we have never been able to find this structure or these roads since. Mm. And they talked to this guy like in length afterwards and basically said, you know, uh, I mean, they said this was a very rational down to earth man that did not believe, believe in that type of stuff. And he said that basically like when he left, he was beside himself because he said, I hadn't seen my dad in all these years. So imagine, you know, walking into a restaurant that you've never been in before and seeing a loved one that's been passed away for forever. Nope. Them walking up to you and basically, you know, addressing you just like they did the last time they saw you and telling you stuff that only you two knew. Oh, no, thank you. That's just nuts to me. (laughs) I could never. So this last story is kind of long, but I'm just going to paraphrase it. Basically, um, this couple uh, goes on this road trip. Um, They were going up to see her family um, in northern Philadelphia. And they went through, um, uh, I think if I remember correctly, like some of the Amish country, basically. And they have upon. Anybody that's like been through Amish country, you know, they like have those random like stands or carts um, or like little random mom pa uh, restaurants in there. And usually they're run by the Amish, but sometimes they're not. They're run by the locals. Um, so this couple says that they happened upon this little teeny hotel that had an adjacent um, restaurant. And they said when they went in, everything felt eerily wrong. Like, people felt wrong. They were just looking at them and smiling at them really weird. They said that they asked to get a room, and they said that the the fine for the room was extremely low. They said that it was, like, $2 or something for the night. Per hour? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) They said that they got up to their room, and their beds basically were, like, slabs of wood. Uh. Yeah. How many to speak to somebody? (laughs) (laughs) And like hay in a in like an old fabric mattress. What is it? They uh, never mind. I'm not even gonna. mm -mm, Nope. No, thank you. (laughs) So the next day, like they said that they took pictures of the room because they had never seen a hotel room like that. They had taken pictures of the building. So the next day, they checked out. They paid their (laughs) their two dollar tab. They went to the restaurant next door. And they said that the waitresses in the restaurant were dressed like they were from like the forties or the fifties. So their uniforms just looked like the old school, like uh, waitress diner uniforms. Right. 
they said their tab was like a dollar ten something <laughs> yeah and they had gotten like a ton of food too so they said they finally left um they went on their vacation they were going to make a point of going back to the same place on their way back. Well, when they backtracked, they couldn't find this place. It was completely gone. When they got their film developed, for those from back in the day, you used to get your film developed. Um, they get them developed and the pictures from that hotel, from the restaurant, everything, they're all disappeared. Hmm. Sounds like Matthews on the beach. All of our people went missing. I know. I know. Uh, Dolores Cannon talked about alternate universes. Um, she said that very often she'd have clients come up to her and tell, you know, random stories. She said that one that really stood out to her, um, that they ended up doing a regression on client basically said that she had walked out of her apartment one day to go to work and outside of her apartment usually sat like a large parking lot with lots of cars, um, you know, within their development. She said that she walked out and it was all a dirt road. And that the people were walking alongside the road in like all these outdated clothes, like from the 50s style. Said cars that were coming down that dirt road were like 50s style cars. Um, she said that she got so bothered and wigged out that she had to go back and called out of work. So the next day, she, and everything had gone back to normal. Uh, I, I just would have to have myself committed. Like I just, I couldn't. <laughs> You know, I need answers and like real explanations. And I just, I could never survive that. <laughs> she said another client uh, was in her backyard one day and saw this huge plane flying over and it looked like it was flying so low, like it was going to crash. She said that it, you know, dipped down below the tree line. And she said, I was waiting for this big explosion because there's no, you know, runway over there. There's nothing. There's just a field. So she says she ran inside and turned on the news to see, you know, what the heck was going on. And there was nothing on the TV and it bothered her so bad that she went to Dolores and had a session. Both of those clients had been in a place where they were at a juncture point in the dimension. So like for the girl that saw the fifties, you know, playing out in front of her, she quite literally pierced the veil and walked back into that time when it was the fifties within that geographical area. And the lady with the plane, she had pierced the veil and entered into a dimension where there was an airport in her backyard and her house didn't exist. So she was seeing a plane quite literally landing in her backyard in that dimension. Oh, wow. Crazy. Yeah. Nope, not for me. Yep. <laughs> what now? No, I didn't. I just said it's not for me. That's it. I just... I couldn't handle it. Mentally, I could not handle <laughs> something like that happening. Immediately, no. Immediately, no. Immediately, no. <laughs> well, this was my story, y'all. It was really good. Those were some really good stories. I found some, too, but we have already gone so long that I just don't think that we need to add any more to this. <laughs> I, I scrapped a couple of mine. I didn't think I was going to take this long. It was good, though. It was a really good episode. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Find us on uh, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and email us your stories at the ghosties podcast at gmail.com. Yes, our next episode is Ghost 
there, I believe. So we need your stories. So email us and we may share it on our next episode. Yes, definitely. Send us all the stories. Yes. Okay, bye. Bye.